latest from Scotston. This is Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors' official podcast. We are back. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly. I'm Duncan Seller, Glasgow Warriors media manager. And today I'm joined by Glasgow and Scotland hooker, warrior number 283, George Turner. George, how are you? Hello, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Just a nice training day in the sun. It's good to have some good weather now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Friday. It's the end of a, a short week for us, just in Wednesday and Friday this week. Obviously coming back off a week off as well. How's the body? How are you feeling? Yeah, it was good to get um, some time off. Uh, we um, some time with the family and just you know recharge, recover, and then yeah, back in a couple of days of uh, you know sorting a few things out in the hard graft today. It was a good session. Nice, and we kind of got a little bit of a build up up into the Rainbow Cup. We're away to Benetton next weekend. How are things looking for that? Yeah, um, obviously the, the focus was turned out on Monday. We did a little, couple of things just to clear up, but mostly it was just you know getting the boys back in, getting working, getting back together. But yeah, obviously focus now on the Reviso for next week. Nice. So I've asked everybody this question this season. And when you join the club, you come up, stand in front of the guys, you talk about your, your family, your rugby playing history, and your hidden talent. So I'm going to ask you, George, what's your hidden talent? Yeah, it's, it's usually, yeah, something they don't know about you or something like that, yeah. But, yeah. Um, God, I'm, I don't know, I, I can juggle. I don't know if that's a hidden talent or anything. But, um, that was Robbie Ferguson's as well. Can you no, do more than three things? Like, so no, he, he was I saying can, you can juggle three and that's it. Yeah, I can do three, but yeah. But it's that's yeah, I think a lot of people can do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not special. No. <laughs> uh no, I've nothing more than that. I used to play some musical instruments back in the day, but I can't do any anymore. What was the what was the go to instrument of choice? God, I used to actually play the violin when really? I was at, when I was at school. I played for years, but then um I don't know, it just stopped. I gave up when I was uh, still quite young when it's one of those, it's a weird one to take on, maybe not cool, but yeah, but I yeah. I enjoyed it. But I kinda I actually did a few musical instruments, but I regret not, like, not regret, but, you know, it'd be nice to have kept on going to, mm-hmm. you know, a little party check, pull, uh, pull out my violin from my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> did you, uh, do you used to do hires or anything like that in music at all? No, no, I didn't, I never did a, I didn't do hires. I think, no, I did not, not that far in music. Right. Okay. Okay. So I brought you on today, just kind of talk about this season and kind of your career as a whole, because as far as Scottish rugby players' careers go, I feel like you've pretty much done it all whether that's playing for Edinburgh, playing for Glasgow, you've actually spent a little bit of time down at London Scottish, you did the McPhail Scholarship where you went across New Zealand, you've played in the World Cup, you've played in the Six Nations, you've won the Calcutta Cup, obviously you were the starting hooker in that game. Uh, what is still on the list to do? Oh, yeah, when I say it, yeah, I've only got oh, 17 caps for Scotland, so obviously, I don't know, try and get as many of those as possible and, and I don't know, notch up some other other good wins but I've not done Scotland sevens yet and I don't think I'll be getting anywhere near it but I have um I did a uh, with Edinburgh actually we won the after Glasgow had won it won the Melrose sevens and I was involved in that I don't know I don't know what I was doing there but I was just chasing chasing fast quick people all the time getting nowhere near it. yeah yeah how did you find sevens oh it's it's yeah it's just really it's really fun obviously a different game really hard work and I obviously <laughs> struggle I probably couldn't do it now but <laughs> yeah no um no sevens is great uh, yeah yeah it's good Hopefully, I don't know, probably next year, get the Merrow Sevens going again. I'm not sure what's going to be on this year. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that you initially started as a back crower and then moved to hooker? Uh, no. I no. just, I think I, I was always a hooker um, professionally and with the academy and stuff like that. But I did, um, I played a few games at back row and right. trained. And actually, I think my first game for Edinburgh was actually on the wing. Against, really? Against Leinster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a total Off utility player. Yeah. And I played, I, I played loose head as well for a game against Ulster. Really? Yeah, I'm just, 
you know, just a rugby player, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. Because <laughs> a, a lot of people talk, a lot of people talk about you as a player when when they ask kind of like what your strengths are. A lot of it's your dynamism and your and your ball carry and and your your work in the open play, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's like obviously, you know, I try and you know, like I want to try get on the you know the good things, you know, get carries or you know, yeah, on the ball, good tackles. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your career a little bit. Let's talk about initially about that McPhail scholarship. What was that? experience like for you heading across New Zealand because there's been a few guys here at Warriors who've done that I think currently I think Quilzo Ewan McQuillan I think he was a McPhail uh, scholarship recipient as well what was yeah. the experience like um yeah there's been a, lot, a few boys done that. like Adam Ash did it and Johnny Gray yep. back in the day but um and Grant, I went with uh, Grant Gilchrist and Harry Leonard and obviously um I think Harry moved on to something else but Grant's obviously doing, doing pretty well mm-hmm. but um yeah, that was uh, I was before I'd actually got to Edinburgh. So I was just I'd out of school. I'd done a year of um, club rugby, and I think it was the Institute of Sport back then. So like the training and skills, and mm-hmm. kind of not quite professional yet. And then, yeah, got um, got picked and going it really fortunately. And yeah, so, and then got go out there and it was four months or something in New Zealand just after the earthquake. So apart from like the amazing experience, I was training with like the Crusaders Academy and stuff like that down yeah. in Canterbury, getting like you know. I got, coaching from um uh like Aaron Major and stuff like that he, they were down there at the time and I thought and then you know it was after the earthquake so obviously you know they were struggling so we we, uh, we did something uh, not really helping out but there was some of the stuff came out like shoveling the silt or like it came out through the cracks and we we're helping right. a little bit but you know I just I've, I've been in the hallway before but I've never been that far field away around around the field especially for that long it's probably yeah. more the time frame yeah like we i stayed with um he was actually the head coach of the the club i played for which was the burnside bombers mm-hmm. uh pete manson and um his wife maureen and the kid uh the, a kid riley who was well maybe five or six at the time mm-hmm. this is oh god this was years ago now i think about was to that when i it was 10 years ago i think i was 18 yep. when i yeah. was there so yeah god. 10 years ago yeah god and um yeah, just I uh, playing. Cause I hadn't played. A, I'd played a year of prem rugby, I think. Yeah, I'd been injured for a bit of it actually, and then to go out and then I was playing Division One stuff in Canterbury with players, and I played like a couple. Like they do similar, did similar things that like the professionals that or or returning players and academy players would play for certain clubs. Yeah, like I remember playing against Ryan Crotty at one point, and I was just and he was blitzing us. Yeah, he was he was good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I played against Cody Taylor at club level, which is kind of like weird. And then he was a uh, he was playing actually in the All Blacks game. We played against each other. Yeah. Um, at that top level, so yeah, it's quite yeah, it's kind of weird to see these yeah afterwards. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Like, what does it do for your game? <sighs> I hope. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I subconsciously, but there's a lot like a big focus on they do it right from the start, and they have like rugby is everywhere yeah in there and they have like the small blacks is what they call like the young um, i guess yeah you know like from i guess six years up like yeah. mini rugby mini rugby small blacks and it's all about run catch pass so they they work from the start like you know just handling and and, yeah. and they're all fast and they love it and they're all and they really work on um <clears throat> they really a big focus on like your attitude towards rugby and and doesn't matter how talented you are you know you need to have a you need to be a good person and work hard and be yeah. coachable and blah, blah blah so they and there's so many of them doing it so it's no wonder that like you know they're they got such amazing players all, all over the place but um yeah no just main experience probably just skill just you know doing skills at speed and just you know just 
getting to you know, play with players who I don't know went on to yeah I don't know yeah had a lot of sushi there I hadn't had them before yeah <laughs> that's another experience I guess one of the experiences yeah um, was it your first kind of trip away without family members and stuff like that or as part of like a small group if it's just you Gilco and yeah. one other I'd uh, obviously I'd done rugby tours with uh, my school team but like just for a couple of weeks and then but obviously that was four months was a long time and yeah obviously I'd, I'd never done anything like that which is cool but we um first time living on your own well, I guess you were living with the family, weren't you? So, uh, yeah, I think I was was still at home when before I left. But um, yeah, I stayed with that family. But, yeah, it was pretty much like staying at home. Yeah, with a new family I had to get had to get to know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're each given a we're the different we're different family each. So, but then yeah. like you got you know you got used to your club players, and we train we we are we'd be training every day at the at rugby park in the you know with the academy players and there was more there was us three and there was five or six others there's a couple of japanese boys there's russian bloke and some americans actually mm-hmm. so we'd be doing you know just small skills and training and, and fitness and weights and yeah and then we play for a club at like train tuesday thursday play yeah at the weekend club level yeah mm-hmm. and when you went across did you know that you had a contract with edinburgh when you came back or was it another it was a case of academy or, uh, or what was the kind of trajectory from well, that, i, had, that I hadn't i think i'd been in maybe once or twice I hadn't really like joined Edinburgh properly, but yeah. I'd, I'd been into, you know, I was moving up into that. ED, it was the EDP back then, Elite yeah. Development Player Performance, whatever. Yeah, pathway I think it was. Yeah, and then <clears throat> so I was moving up into that. So I hadn't really integrated in, but then because I spent the most of that year, I'd been actually I'd been working in a steel factory and doing the Institute of uh, Sport, <laughs> driving a forklift. Yeah, and then uh, kind of joined Edinburgh, but not really just couple of things and then left for four months and came back at the next um just after summer then would it have been yeah the next season mm-hmm. joined edinburgh that was yeah was and that was that was pro at that point then was it no, no no that was yeah three years ED, that was EDP. Three, three, three years edp yeah while working on the side in a steel factory that was when no that was after no when i joined edinburgh it was full-time yep but okay. it wasn't it wasn't perfect it was still academy but it was like full-time right okay and talk, talk to me about working in the steel factory <laughs> what was that like I was there because I don't know. I just needed because uh, the institute is like unpaid yep. training and like facilitating like players and stuff like that. And then you know, I guess some boys did union. Whereby I got a job three days a week, and I from two in the afternoon to ten at night was my shift, and I'd um, train in the morning and then go and do that. And I pretty much drove a forklift, emptying, emptying small skips into bigger skips, uh-huh. and then sweeping up a you know. 2000 square foot factory yeah <laughs> you know because i think yeah it's just, it's just a little extra job uh, and, a little bit. and was that because the goal was always to go pro pro rugby was that a case of you were like not kind of focusing on a on a, i guess a, a, a different kind of vocation or career it was a case of go all in on rugby and because of that you just picked up something on the side or yeah i'm I, um, I, I think i had a place at uni that i turned down do to stay in edinburgh and do the institute and just get a job. It was just kind of to see how it was for a year because at the end of the year they, I don't, I don't know, keep you on, cut you or yep. um, move you to EDP. And I just, I don't know. So I guess it just all kind of happened. I got the EDP, the EDP thing. Uh, so I got my failed scholarship first, and yep. that obviously then went into coming joining Edinburgh. But yeah, yeah. So I'm not. Sure. Yeah, probably was my goal. It was my goal like once I left school, I was kind of involved with that, doing like age group stuff to yeah be a professional rugby player. Yeah. Because you'd played at under 18s and under 20s levels then, I guess. Well, I guess under 18 well, level yeah, by that point, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And there was, I was always, under 18, yeah. And there was always, 
there's some other like you come to gyms and do some like specialist training and stuff like that so i've always kind of not been around like in professionally but like you know yeah. was on like the pathways to, yeah mm-hmm. if you had accepted that place at uni what would you have gone on to study it's actually biology at newcastle but I do, like, um just i don't know yeah i was good, really good at, i like biology yeah. yeah i'm not sure how i've heard newcastle is quite interesting yeah, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure how much studying i would have done or how long yeah, it would have taken I, me <laughs> yeah have, have you have you picked up any studies since then since obviously turning pro uh, some guys kind of I've not I've, I've not actually I kind of um, I did a few we did a, c- a couple of coaching levels oh of course yeah and I, I think I did, I did no I don't think I did the refing one I don't think I, uh, a couple of coaching um, cards and mm-hmm. that was a bit that was about it really I kind of not yeah would have like yeah looking back yeah should have would have should have done maybe something but I wasn't you know I, was, I convinced myself oh you'll do bad at both of them focus on one yeah, of them focus and, on one. yeah hey, well like, like we just recapped i think it's gone pretty well so far yeah no yeah it's going well yeah yeah um and then obviously you're edinburgh for a bit and while you're edinburgh did you go down to london scottish am i right in thinking yeah i was edinburgh for uh I was three years edp then four years pro and then last year um i still want i hadn't played very much and um i'll just because most most of the I'd actually in the year before I'd asked to kind of go on loan and stuff like that, but I just said just with because the Scotland players obviously it was um, Ross Ford, yep, and Stuart McAnally and stuff. They go away with Scotland, so they kind of I was kind of kept just you know just as a safe net. But then I never really actually got much game. I got a few games, but not a lot because uh, yeah, um, it just how how it went. So I asked and I ended up um, getting loan for mm, two or three months at London Scottish, yeah, which was. Just another experience. I lived in a <laughs> what felt like a four-person flat with seven people, and uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was actually quite. It was good just playing some chat rugby. Got yeah, played, went to Jersey, you know, played a lot of games, and yeah, it was good. It was a nice step up, not step up, but a different level to be played at. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you think? What did you think of it? I spoke to Robbie Ferguson a few weeks ago, and he he'd obviously been there. And yeah. He says at times it can be brutal, just depending on where you're training and playing, and kind of all these different locations and. It's a much more gritty kind of league by the sounds of it as well compared to say the Pro 14. Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was, it was still because I was I was playing, I was starting games, and like yeah. and it was I hadn't really done that at any kind of professional level. So I, it was still like you still trained every day and we worked, and it's quite funny living in like this tiny house with all these boys. It was like it was pretty much if he threw gets another terminal, it'd be where we were staying. Right. right? So we're just planes all the time, and sorry, and then. <clears throat> Yeah, just like a new experience living with all these all these players and trying not to annoy each other too much and yeah, fight for my like shelf in the fridge. Um, <laughs> now it was good. It was obviously could you bus trip like like premier bus trip to. Oh, we flew to Jersey obviously, but um, bus trip around and play, and then you leave and yeah, no, nah, but it's like real physical and like you know the proud you know league and yeah, it was yeah. good. Su- suited to your kind of play style and your I guess your mannerisms a little bit as <laughs> as a hooker and. As a kind of a, yeah, physical player. Yeah, it's just like, like everyone says, it's, it's like when you get a run of games, it's like the best thing for form and confidence and blah, blah, and development is just getting the game. So that was, that was probably, that's really, it probably like kick-started, like, what well, kick-started me actually, because in the summer I went on tour, but I didn't play, but it was my first like Scotland, like squad involvement. Yep. I think Stuart McAnley took a, he was, he took a, like the summer, he didn't eat, I didn't go, and then I, I went and I was, and then from that moved to Glasgow. Yep. And then played straight away because a couple of injuries and it kind of kicked on from there. But it was good to get. It was really good to get those. Uh, I don't know, played maybe ten games. I can't really remember how long I was there. Yeah. I would start most of them, 
and yeah, just got you know consistent game time. Got it and got like used to that. We got more kind of that physical level, and they made and some some games like some of the some of the players are, are you know they played top top end rugby and international rugby, and they're they're, they're still kicking around in there. Yeah, and, yeah. Nice. And you mentioned there that 2017, you then come to Warriors, and that's Dave Rennie's first season as well. So, did, was again, did that come from obviously you were saying I'm not getting enough game time at Edinburgh? You'd gone down and um, impressed, obviously at London Scottish, got your first Scotland cap. At, at what point in kind of that timeline did Glasgow come calling and that and that yeah. contract come up? Yeah, I actually didn't because the first year I was on it was a second. I was on loan. Of course, you were on, on loan, loan yeah, for that sorry, year, and I sorry, actually it, didn't, right. it literally didn't get confirmed till the day before I came to Glasgow. It was a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and I came in the Monday to Glasgow. I was still meant to be going. You know, it, it was a lot of things. Were, they're looking at stuff, but um, that year also there was the the coaches from Glasgow, like Gregor and yeah, um, since twenty sixteen, they went to they went to Scotland, right? And then Humps and Jace and Jace O'Halloran and Humphreys and Renz came here, yeah, Dave, and uh, yeah, Humps had actually I actually spoke to him every time I was around Murrayfield. He there, he'd speak to me and say I was going. He he liked and I don't know he had interest in me and kind of I think maybe had more of an influence on the move. Yeah. I think, I think, cause, uh, I wanted, cause you know, I was, he wasn't playing, but he liked, he'd seen whatever he had seen, he'd liked. And that, that was, you know, you know, nice, nice to have like some, you know, positive feedback from yep. an international coach and who would be there. Cause before that, you know, I'd been, I think Solly was leaving and Cockers were coming in, but I didn't really know anything, but I'd been there for a long time. I hadn't played. Yep. I knew this new coach, Forge coach, wanted me or liked me yep so i just thought yeah change might be i know uncomfortable difficult or different or yeah thing but then yeah it was really my best decision rugby wise i made yeah and then yeah yeah you made your you made your i guess pro debut for us against connor first game of the season and then that first season in 2017 with us you made 19 appearances yeah i am um, like, yeah I, I remember it because i was still there was still like Fraser obviously was starting. Pat MacArthur was talking about. I think um, he got in. Both of them got injured at one, like almost immediately. Yeah. Either or in preseason or something. So I was starting games. I'd had one start for Edinburgh until then. Mm-hmm. I was in a few for um, London, London uh, Scottish. Gosh. But then like, I was only starting. I was repeatedly starting games at the first out. And I think obviously the probably only way I did that was obviously the London Scottish kind of experience helped me do it and kind of well had some sort of experience of that level yeah and then kicked off from there and then got involved yeah and then got scotland caps that autumn i think yeah yeah so it just kind of it just kind of all clicked into place and yeah. all just kind of worked out at the right time yeah just yeah just all because i am um, was i i was 25 by the time when i came over like yeah. i've been edinburgh for a long time and it, you know squad training not getting games you know and then you know i just you know it's tough you know not you know you want to play your player you want to play but i'm I kind of a lot of times with my dad and he's like you know you gotta be patient you you, you know you're good enough or whatever like you never know it might never happen but you know you, you might you know your time will come and then yeah, yeah i got the opportunity to come here and i came and you know fortunate or unfortunate you know a couple injuries and played and then gone to point. yeah yeah and it's, it's i guess it's been it's been pretty good going after that again no, you yeah, know definitely. obviously had a couple injuries and stuff like that but you know everyone is part you know part of the game like or part of the job but uh, yeah it's been no it's been good from there so you'd been out for at the end of the 2019 season you'd been out with a concussion 
Yeah. But then you were called into the Scotland squad. You did the the um, the warm up games for the World Cup, and then travelled to the World Cup with Scotland. Uh, you played in that Russia game, wasn't it? Yep. And uh, was there another game? You no, played? no, just it was just, just the, the Russian Russia game. game. Yeah. So you know, from two two seasons before having had one start for one yeah one yeah, game one for Scotland, one start for Edinburgh, come in, make nineteen appearances for us, and uh, yeah, a season later, having just come back from concussion, yeah. you're you're going to Japan. Yeah, I think that we I went on the the summer tour bef- the year before the World Cup. I think it was to America. Argentina and Canada, yep. and I got playing three of those games. That was a that was a re- that was amazing. Like that was a great tour and experience. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so I then, but both Six Nations, so like 2017, 20, I'd been injured in just before the Six Nations. The one of them, the first year, I was uh, I got injured three minutes into the extra game at home. That was yep. like an amazing game that you know that we won. It was a really really good game. <laughs> but um, I got injured uh, to my knee about three minutes into it, and then. Missed the entire Six Nations, and uh, what well, if I if I'd been in the squad? Where, but, but I think there was a couple injuries at the time, and I think Stuart McAnally played about eighty minutes of every game that yeah. that year. But um, yeah, and then obviously it managed, yeah, like you say, I got to in the World Cup after being injured for a while with a concussion, and uh, got a game there. And yeah, that was that was amazing. Well, yeah, Japan was uh, Japan's a great place. I need, like I kind of miss it. Like the, apart from like the food, the ramen and the sushi and yeah. All that stuff. It's really, you know, interesting, different different place, yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming then you were were you happy to be on that plane? Or you must have been happy to be on the oh, plane. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an obvious question. But was was there any doubt in your mind coming out of that twenty nineteen season with the injuries and stuff like that that you weren't gonna be on the plane to Japan? Um it, I can't it was obviously I don't know, I'd by then like I I, I kinda I hadn't played a lot, but I kind of was nearly established like the third choice Scotland hooker. So I was, yeah. you know, it was, you know, a little, com- a little com- obviously terrified, not terrified, but obviously nervous about not getting picked and yeah. doing But like, you know, because like anything, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, but I was, yeah. I, was, I wasn't, yeah, but when I, I was definitely extremely relieved when I was told that I would be on it, you know. Yeah. I was, yeah, it was quite tough. I know a couple of boys were always absolutely gutted to, not get picked and miss it but yeah yeah i was fortunate enough to go and got a game and yeah we'd like to obviously you know played more and more of a role but got a game got a try and uh, yeah it was a uh, not a really good experience yeah and then rest of that season obviously dave's last season kind of a bit stop start in places and obviously then kind of halted by covid um but then kind of coming on to this season for you when you look at this season again there's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind or i would describe that for you i don't know whether you would but whether that's, I think, in August, um, we obviously came back and started training, but you, you got married during lockdown. <laughs> yeah. um, wh- what was that experience like? Well, was, uh, lockdown was quite dull because uh, my, um, my wife, Malin, was pregnant at the start, or got pregnant at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we had a two-year-old and a, well, at the time, seven-year-old who needed homeschooling. So lockdown was pretty full-on with just, you know, family stuff, looking after the kids and doing the school stuff. Yeah. And then, oh, I can't remember. We, yeah, we'd booked. Uh, oh, did we? We actually changed all our wedding plans. It kind of it all came up last minute. Actually, we hadn't really done much. We'd had a place actually that was getting built, and we looked at, but then COVID stopped it getting built. Yep. Actually, that was it. And then it all, um, it's all changed. So then we just said last minute in that we'd booked it, and it, it was having that break, that kind of COVID break thing in August, and then. Yep. Yeah, we're allowed. We're allowed eighteen guests. Yeah, 
and we just did it. We went to a, just a big fancy Airbnb, pretty much, and a few people stayed and a few people came on the day and yeah it was actually oh small weddings are really nice actually yeah, it was yeah. Per- it was actually per- we got really lucky with the weather the amazing day everything went smoothly no dramas no nothing wrong and it's just yeah it was really actually a really good day i'd advocate for the small wedding actually yeah. if, if, you're, if you're thinking about it <laughs> would you is is there a is there a bigger party planned when covid ends or is even is there a post wedding stag do or something that still needs to be done oh well, yeah I, I i'm not really sure like what was the we kind of spoke about at the time or then the we had we did the almost for our family and parents um, yeah. and for their benefit to have like because uh like madeline's brother is in new zealand and wasn't allowed to come my sister's in canada and yep. couldn't make it so obviously so it's a bit you know a few family members couldn't come to the you know the actual event so yep. um actually forbes's brother uh, forbes who is madeline's brother he got married in new zealand to his his now wife yep and we we watched it on like a zoom kind really of thing so it's kind of it, well we got like a recording of it. they did the live zoom for the best man only i think but uh-huh. so it's kind of like you know man's parents like you know the year before both children got engaged and amazing two weddings a trip to new zealand all planned and obviously all i know everyone's like yeah. yeah you know it's like you know covid affected a lot of people it's been bad but so then yeah so i think maybe next year there might be something everyone come i don't know they'll yeah just a big party somewhere i don't know maybe yeah <laughs> and and then after the marriage obviously our season starts scotland happens you're obviously you're back in there with the, the scotland squads so you, so you see the, the autumn nations cup was the next thing yeah um you're obviously in the, in the squad for that played yeah. in that played at least two games i think it was that again uh, you know a bit of a kind of a change you're getting a bit more consistent game time we, we come back out we play the extra game um, you're you're starting in that obviously not not the greatest of games. Yeah. One we don't want to kind of touch on too much. But I actually went off before half time. I got. Oh, of <laughs> course, so you did. And then, and then, then obviously the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. and then the the COVID thing happens. Yeah. And we come out of COVID, and you have a wee one, and I feel like your wee one was born on like a Thursday, was it? And then we had a game against our second game against Edinburgh, was on the Friday or the Saturday. Yeah, it was it was January the sixth. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. And it happened to be on a day off, but whatever. I think yeah, I was gonna gonna be there yeah yeah and then but then the game got cancelled that weekend because oh, it, it, it was it, it was end, um it? frozen we came was it the, yeah no it was the one it was frozen it was called off and yeah. then yeah and then a week later it was about to start and then called off exactly really, really last minute yeah so yeah again it did stop yeah you're right it stopped, started a lot there was 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 that week like there's been a few guys uh sean kennedy recently had a kid as well hmm. is that week when, when you're about to have a wee one but you know there's a game coming up as well is do you feel like just kind of in a bit of a state of flux you don't know whether you're going to play or not because obviously you're waiting to see when, when your child is born like is, is your head kind of all over the place like how how does it how and then also if you're coming back in you're coming back in a day after having you know for you your third child and you're about to then go and play a game it must be yeah just a bit of a whirlwind yeah i think it was probably <laughs> probably a good thing that it was a uh, cancelled actually yeah i'm not really how sure how much i was yeah focused on Present. the game yeah yeah. It, yeah yeah i can't really i can't remember i remember yeah because obviously um because it was a section c-section baby so obviously mm-hmm. madeline needed a lot of help after you know it was a big yeah. surgery and, it's a, and yeah so i was kind of mm, i knew she was fine but obviously you know concerned you for her places, yeah yeah. And yeah so yeah so yeah got a, yeah but even even the, in the few days leading up to that like monday tuesday you're in training as well there, there must be just kind of your mind must be at times just kind of a bit elsewhere and you are kind of just 
yeah. So I'd, um, well, I'd done it before with William, but um, it was, you know, the date, it was, a like I said, a section baby, so it was, you know. You knew it was it coming. Was, it kinda, yeah, we knew the date and stuff like that. And and uh, Malin was, like, you know, she was amazing being mm-hmm. pregnant. She kind of still did a lot of stuff, and she was okay. So I wasn't too concerned about anything, but so I just kind of, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe, I can't really remember, maybe not focus as much on training and stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and then from then, the whirlwind season kind of continues. Stuart McAnally, Fraser Brown, both injured. Yeah. You're in, you're into the Six Nations. <laughs> uh, but at that point there, you were coming in having made, what was it, like you'd made, I think at that point, you'd had 12 appearances for Scotland. I think it was maybe... Yeah, I think yeah, it was, 12, had, it was my 13th 12 appearances one, yeah. for Scotland. Um, you'd been in and around the squad for a few times, you'd, uh, for a few seasons, sorry. Yeah. You'd, been at the World Cup, but you'd actually never played in a Six Nations game. Yeah. And the first game you're coming into is you're starting against England in that Calcutta Cup match that's probably going to go down in history <laughs> down in down in England. So yeah. what was what was that experience like? And then what was the Six Nations like as a whole for you? Yeah, um like obviously that game was, you know, amazing experience. Obviously obviously not great not having a crowd and stuff like that, but I don't know how it was doing, but it, it was just we came out, everyone, you know, every, it's one of those things, everything clicked, everyone worked so hard and, you know, it's been a big focus, but it was, I think everyone kind of, it was kind of quietly confident going into the game, like, you know, yep. we trained so hard and well and, you know, we put everything, you know, our structures in place to do it and then, you know, we, and obviously we managed to, you know, perform on the day and I think there was a couple, there was a couple of kind of key moments I think, like, kind of, like, glossed over a bit, like, I think we got a line-out steal either side of half time in yeah. our 22 which i think would have were like on like they were way more important than i think you know like getting a set of goal line defense well, they were like really good steals like we got one against actually in the last game as well nick hayden got that steal against france just on the half yeah and we could kick it out and and i think that was that's you know those are like small moments have big big impacts on the game but like uh but like you said most my scotland involvements i'm third like the third choice and i'll get a couple of games and uh it's a lot of training and then but now like like going in like just you know it's just it just is different but then and i had to get used to doing the, t- the turnarounds of uh kind of done obviously two international starts back to back and yeah get the recovery right and that was you know another new experience and it was you know well looked after in the setup we had there and it was good and all the facilities so like you just had to focus on that and yeah, it was, it was a it was a good great six, good Six Nations. We I don't know we had a couple of chances. We obviously you know didn't have a had a couple of bad performances maybe, but no, so there was some really good stuff there, and it was just really you know, really great to be involved in it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah be, be know that you're the first choice, and know that you can just sit there and kind of focus on what you're doing and not have to kind of worry about other things. I guess really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, but actually, but then being there because um, Cherry was going real well, and and I guess it's always actually. Um, and then like, like Ashman was involved in and uh and Grant Stewart. Yep. Like they're all really good players and even when I'm I'm third choice, like Stewart and like Fraz know that like, they need to, you know, they need to keep up the, the, the I don't know keep the performances yeah. and, and you know and play yeah, well and trade because well, yeah, 'cause everyone you know like like if I was if I you know, I've you know, got arrogant and slipped up not slipped up, but like, you know, wasn't training like the thing I had it, you know. Cherry's a great player as well, and he played really well in all the games he played. And yeah. you know, so it was, it was still very much, you know, 
um, like there's nothing like set in stone. You go yeah. work, and I think everyone knows that who's at Scotland. Yeah, and that's what's you know, it goes really well. Yeah, and I don't know if you you take offence at this, but Dave Cherry is, I guess, or some people have seen him as a bit of a late bloomer, <laughs> and and you probably yourself a little bit, a little bit of a late bloomer. We talked about there, you know, age of kind of twenty five, which is one or two starts, and you're now sitting here at twenty eight. You know, uh, fifty seven appearances for us, seventeen for Scotland, uh, starting in the Six Nations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When you see his success as well, did you, did it kind of bring a smile to your face as well? And did you sometimes kind of see a little bit of yourself in some of the stuff that and the trajectory that he'd had? Yeah, because we're actually he was at he was at London Scottish when I was there, so we kind of we played together and stuff like that. It's it kind of like like it's one of those weird things. Like it's just, like he's he did so well and like was more than capable of the level of international rugby, but he's like not had maybe the chance or the opportunity that others has. It's just, but. Um, yeah, it's, no, it was great to see him doing it. It was really good to see him play really well and and uh, voted well, he was the sexiest bald person in the world as well. I think <laughs> people were calling for that. He's he's a very handsome chap. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we, we kind of we touched at the start. We've had a week off, and, that, and now we're going to the Rainbow Cup. So you've had a whirlwind of a season. <laughs> so is that whirlwind going to continue into the Rainbow Cup? Uh, what do you kind of see as both your goals and the club's goals for this for this competition? We've obviously got two pieces of silverware we can compete for: eighteen seventy two cup, and then the rainbow cup itself. Um, yeah. So actually, yeah, we got like we said, big focus on Treviso this week, and I know like there's like they can they've been a lot better. They're 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 you know they got a great team and with their internationals back and stuff like that. But but like. Like you said about uh, consistency and kind of thing, like could we have those breaks with the COVID thing? Hopefully, like this can be a solid block. You know, we keep working, you know, and uh, yeah, push on. And it, like obviously, after Treviso, like we're definitely focused on Treviso first. You know, yep. big eighteen cup, eighteen eighteen seventy two cup decider is always yep. a massive game. And it happens to be at Scotson, so you know that'll be huge. And then you know you can't switch off and. We can, you know, not salvage the season, but like there's still it's a new cup. We can really focus on it and obviously hope to do well. Yeah, o- almost a fresh start, is would you say? Well, not, not quite a fresh start because I don't think everyone's completely fresh. No, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of boys and bodies, sore bodies, and you know, the week off, the time to recharge and recuperate and recovery will be key. But yeah, no, but definitely an opportunity to like play well and perform and show like Glasgow's a great team. Yeah, and then in this whirlwind season, everything that's happened has been behind closed doors without crowds. The Rainbow Cup is going to be behind closed doors without crowds. Hopefully, by next season, knock on wood, that we are going to have some crowds back. What? How has it been this season not playing in front of crowds, and how much does it excite you the prospect of playing back in front of crowds next season? Um, it has like I kind of said in the Calcutta game that was like an, like amazing game to play in, but you, you know it been it could have been just so much better because to him have all like like fans there like we know like we're as one and we're like you know trying to and like the fans mean so much to the, the team and like the support's amazing but even at scott at scotson as well like there's it's a great when you play here it's like you hear that everything it's a great it's a great crowd and they get involved and here and it is it is not a different game because you are focused on what you're doing but there's definitely moments that you kind of yeah you, you miss a bit of a crowd and you know, I think maybe not. You don't not that you don't work harder, but you know, you know, maybe more pressure. Yeah. Because right, you know, it's one of those visible things. They're right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like COVID had a, a big effect on the season, obviously, with a couple of um, 
like positive cases or all that and that um the exeter yeah thing and then even for our pre-season like our new coaches came in trying to do pre-season and stuff like with like not being able to do it properly so obviously i was just excited for next season like we got there's lots of you know there's a couple of great signings and just a chance to have a proper pre-season of the squad get back together obviously you know look hear about the easing and stuff like that just so you do miss like scott like teams work because they're together there's a good bond they they you know but you can't we can't really even eat together really and like our meetings are we're in and out and boys haven't really seen a lot of each other outside yeah. of you know outside of rugby so yeah so we get so just be you know have a be able to get new season with the team back together and yeah getting crowds back in to help the boys Perfect, George. Thank you very much for joining me this week on Warriors Weekly. Good luck for the Rainbow Cup, uh, and we look forward to seeing you making a few more appearances, both for Glasgow and for Scotland. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast.